Hello, I hope you're all doing well. This super ultra mega fantastic, amazing, spectacular, sensational, phenomenal, groovy, trillimondo, gnarly, radical, outrageous day. You're listening to Demon Craft Ultra because everything's better when it's ultra. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about why competitive play in card games should not be the only measure in which cards are balanced. Most of my examples will be for digital card games, though my thoughts are still the same for physical card games. I will be repeating some of the thoughts uh, brought up in this episode during a later episode in my mini-series on the Elder Scrolls Legends that I'm currently working on, uh, most prominently during the episode about willpower cards, which inspired me to create this one here. In short, cards don't need to be good for players to want to play them, or for players to have nostalgic feelings or associate the card with positive memories. Why is that? Well, it's really quite simple. Have you ever played a trading card or collectible card game? The first time you start playing the game, you don't just have every card immediately available, and you just had to build with what you had, right? Slowly building better decks as you get more cards is part of the fun of a card game, and doing so tends to also teach you uh, how to play the game better, as you learn from the uh, disadvantages that you had not having, you know, either uh, the good cards or running as many copies of the card that you would like to run, or sometimes you have to just use an objectively worse card for the same effect. In fact, some of those more powerful cards that you don't have may be cards that you didn't even know of when you started playing the game. Seeing those cards may have inspired you to want to get them, while also continuing to grow better at the game. And in most uh, physical card games, however, the only way to get more cards is by buying them. Though some people may trade, and some events may even give out free packs if you do well enough. In digital card games, however, it's easier to get the exact cards you want because you can just get them directly, usually using some uh, currency specific and unique to that game, plus the real money you may spend on card packs. But today is not about monetization, though. So back to you being a new player. How often would you find yourself getting attached to cards as you realize their potential and built your decks around them? How often did you substitute a card that you didn't have with the one that more or less had the same effect, but was just a worse card. For example, and this isn't a good example, we'll say that competitive players are doing a, a 3 cost 2-2 two, two creature that draws a card, and you don't have that. But you do have a 4 cost 2-2 two, two creature that draws a card, so you play that instead. Eventually as you play that card, it starts to kind of grow in your heart, and if you're like me, you'd probably end up playing that and the 3 cost card whenever you had both because I just like to play a lot of card draw in my decks. Probably more than I really realistically need. But here's another example. If you had the chance to randomly win $5 or $10 at no cost from you, you'd probably want to get the $10. But $5 for free is still good. Go back and think about the first time you started playing any card game. What were the cards you played the most? It was probably cards that didn't really have any effects just raw numbers, and while those cards don't necessarily do anything when you play them, it's still important for those cards to exist for new players to learn the game with, because cards that don't do anything right away can still be learning tools for the basics of offensive play or defensive play. Alternatively, players who are used to building decks with a random assortment of cards, or whatever cards that just handed to you, might be better at draft play where you just pick cards out of a randomized selection to do the best you can with the tools given to you. 
In many draft formats, the cards that never see competitive play can be very strong simply by being a baseline to which all other cards are judged. Another alternative is that cards that never see competitive play could be better for team play or even cooperative play. Like TV2 is something that is very much ignored by many card games, even at a casual level. And in digital card games, creating co-op events is a possibility for bad cards to see play, but we'll just create another example here. We'll just say that there's a two-cost spell card that draws every player a card, and you can give any player besides yourself five additional life. In a competitive 1v1 set, that's just that's never going to see anything, even in mill decks. However, if you're doing co-op or even 2v2, you could always give your friend five life while everyone else draws a card. And while, yes, that does draw a card for your opponent, it still draws you a card, and it draws your friend a card as well. It's not the best example, but it's an example. Because cards don't need to be good in order to be played. It is up to the developer to create reasons for those cards to see play, besides players who just want a purposely handicapped or disadvantaged deck for their own personal challenge. Sure, competitive play will always be the bread and butter for many longtime players, but other modes need support too. Give games extensive tutorials and practice modes that teach a variety of playstyles rather than only really teaching how to play aggressively. Have multiple cards with the same effect and maybe adjust the cost of those cards. Worse versions aren't always bad, they're just not as good. And not as good can still be good. Support draft formats more regularly and reward players for playing those draft formats, even if it's just letting them keep the cards that they picked out. When it comes to local, physical card games, however, I'd like to see a more positive community, unlike the one where I currently live. Have side tournaments alongside competitive ones for less experienced players. Know your audience and maybe have a few of your regulars be teacher of the game, or other games, to other players. Give them a reason to want to do that. Give them even just a 5% discount. Take my previous idea and make a program out of it where volunteers for a more positive community can not only get, you know, whatever small discount, but have those same people become part of the store's image and brand. Let that program be something to help students with after-school activities to stay out of trouble. Let those students assist cleaning the store and list that as a volunteer service whenever they might be looking for their first job. Teach them and help them grow, not just as gamers, but as people, and let that growth be expressed in their games. There are many ways to build a better card game community. There are ways to make bad cards good without changing the cards at all. Take it as a personal challenge to do so. It could be creating entirely new formats to play, with my personal favorite being unique co-op challenges in digital card games, but there are other ways to do it as well. Next example being how just releasing new cards can make old ones better. For example, in almost every card game, every creature has subtypes that tell you a little bit more about the card. For example, instead of just a human, it could be a human warrior or an elf wizard, or some beast, wolf, bear, whatever. A new card might come out that says, give all of your warrior creatures plus X plus X, or X effect to all of your warrior, warrior cards, whether they're human, elf, orc, whatever. And even cards that aren't as good can suddenly be a little more viable due to this buff. The same could be whenever you play a wolf card, summon a 1-1 wolf pup token or something, and then all of your wolf creatures become a lot better. But those are just a few of my thoughts, and the main takeaways are these. Cards don't have to be good in order to see play or for players to enjoy them. 
The new player experience should never be forgotten or ignored. Developers are ultimately the biggest barrier in a card's usage, so take it as a personal challenge to create new ways for players to see cards. Draft formats are important to support. Extensive support of your game and its new players can cultivate the growth of its players inside and outside of the game, and that positivity can create stronger communities. Overall, that's just uh, my opinion on why cards don't necessarily need to be good to see play in card games and why players might enjoy certain cards regardless of their strength level. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you want to reach out to me, uh, you can find me at DemoncraftUltra at gmail.com. You can find my Facebook page as well, just DemoncraftUltra. If you want to support the channel, just share this podcast with other people. I also have a Patreon as well, but that's not nearly as important. And I hope that all of you have a great rest of your day, and remember that you are always loved, and you are never forgotten. Thank you.